Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there, welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host and principal and teacher, Anna David. You know what we do here, but if you don't, welcome. Talk to experts, entrepreneurs, authors about launching a book that blows your business up. And today I have a a new friend who uh, I am working with, and she is a powerhouse. Her name is Kristen Marquet, and she's a publicist that does not begin to do justice to who she is and what she does. Not to say just being a publicist is bad, but she is the owner and creative director of Marquet Media. And uh, throughout her career as a publicist, she's developed partnerships with leading brands and entrepreneurs. We have a partnership. Um, She and her clients have been featured in Inc., Forbes, Fortune, Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, so many others. Um, She's real well educated, which is relevant on a podcast that's about education. Um, She's attended Boston University, NYU, MIT. She's a member of the Young Entrepreneur Council. And today, what we talk about in this episode is all about how authors can get publicity. I've talked about this topic on the podcast before, but what's different about this episode is we really get into what is realistic for you. We're not all going to be like on um, you know, the Today Show, our first time out. So how can you build to that? How can you generate your own publicity without hiring a publicist? And really what's possible, she gives um, these three sites I've never heard of uh, for how uh, you can go and get your own press. And it's all in this episode. And if you go to the show notes, you can get links to those secret websites. But I have something even better for you in the show notes. And that is a masterclass that I have done. It is totally free. And it is all about how to launch a best-selling book in six weeks. Totally free in the show notes. So to get links to the websites I just mentioned, as well as more information about Kristen, as well as this absolutely free masterclass, you have to go to legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash Kristen. Now it's Kristen with an I. So it's K-R-I- 
S-T-I-N. Now let's say you're driving or you're running or whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this and you're like, I cannot remember that URL. How do you spell Kristen? Whatever. You can also get the link by going to entrepreneurpublishing.academy. That'll lead you right to the show notes. Yep. You heard it here. It's a secret. And I'm so excited for you to check out this masterclass and to check out this episode. So with that, I give you Kristen Marquet. So Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So let's talk about how authors can get press, what type of opportunities they should be looking for, how they can do it if they can't hire a publicist, uh, what they should be talking to the publicist about if they can hire a publicist, and what's the most realistic way to get books. How would you start with that? Uh, let's say I'm an author. I've got a book coming out in a few months and I want to get press. What should I do? Well, what's the book about? That's the first thing. You have to figure out what the book's about and then figure out where it could potentially fit for reviews, where you can potentially end up getting quoted, interviewed, featured, you know, in print and online. And we can kind of talk about that. But what's the book about? Yeah, I'm going to make up a book. Um but that's sort of common type of book that my company releases. It's a recovery memoir. It's let's say it's a woman writing about her addiction and her ultimate recovery. And uh, maybe she wants to be a coach. Uh, she doesn't know, uh, but she does know that she wants to get press for this book. Okay. So it, th- this book for reviews, it, it, it could it critiques could fall into a wide range of different beats, right? It could be mental health, wellness, recovery, you know, it could be alcoholism, heroin addiction, whatever it is, you know, you kind of need to figure out what the main theme of the book is, and then you can kind of pitch it to all these different types of media. And if you want to become a coach, then you can also start looking at women's interest, you know, whether your target audience are mothers or 20 somethings, you know, I I mean, it's kind of like a loaded question, because you can pretty much, you you know, pitch this book in a million different ways, but you really have to get down to what the core tenets of the book are, and then figure out in what beats it could fit, you you know. So does it make sense to pick one path or to say, okay, so I could go to women's issues, I could go to mental health, or what do you recommend? So I would say start with two or three beats, look at mental health, look at recovery, and then maybe look at wellness. You know, those are three very different um, audiences, but there's a lot of overlap between them. You know, don't try to dilute yourself by pitching yourself to a million different media because we all know that that doesn't work. Okay. So let's say I've got my, my three lanes. Uh, what, what's my next move? Okay. Well, the next move is you have to kind of figure out what editors cover what beats and what different publications create a spreadsheet create your top 25 your top 50 um, look to see where the book and your story or commentary could potentially fit Um, get to know the the tone and the style that these different editors and journalists write in and then you can start crafting your pitch from there the pitch that that's a whole different you know side of things and we can talk about that in a minute but it really starts with figuring out who you can contact and how your story could potentially fit um, in these different columns. So how do you know what's realistic? Maybe you want to be in a place that would never feature you or is anything realistic? You know, I mean, I think that you want to start with some low hanging fruit. You want to get your feet wet and kind of learn how the, 
industry works just because it's kind of surreal. You know, like I remember one of my first jobs, you know, working for an international law firm, one of the senior partners, you know, I got thrown into like this massive crisis and I had to deal with Fox News and the Wall Street Journal and all these different media. And I had no idea. Um, that's probably not going to happen, but it can potentially happen. It, it really, you have to hit the media at the right time with the right message. Anything is possible. Any, there's no place that's off limits to an, a first time author. Absolutely. You know, I've had success with, you know, working with authors that were 21 year olds, you know, trying to bootstrap a company, tech company, trying to get money from, you know, VCs, very successful fortune, the economist, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more. And then I've had other clients that have been traditionally published and trying to get media coverage for them in the business world was like pulling teeth. So, yeah. you know, you really have to know your target audience. Um, it definitely helps to have relationships with these different uh, editors and journalists and television producers um, because they're going to be more likely to open <laughs> your email or take your phone call. So how do you get a relationship with them? Well, I mean, the first step is you have to get to know what they're writing about, right? Okay. I mean, you can follow them on social, you know, Instagram, Twitter, probably the two best places to get to know a journalist, um, Facebook and TikTok. I don't really think that that's appropriate. But with social media, it's a lot easier to um, start a dialogue with these people. And the dialogue should definitely not start with, hey, you should write about my book. Would you recommend, so maybe you start tweeting um, their stories and let them know you're a fan of their work, whatever you can do to kind of serve them before you're asking for something. Absolutely. And you want to give them insightful commentary on, you know, the types of stories that they're writing. Don't give them a bunch of crap, you know, and a bunch of hype that just anybody would give to them. Be thoughtful and be purposeful in the way that you're going to be commuting with, uh, communicating with these people. And so at what point do you bring up your book and how do you bring it up? Well, I mean, it's usually like two or three interactions. Um, you you want to at least, you want them to become familiar with who you are um, and kind of what your, your brand is about. And obviously, if they like what you are trying to, you know, what your brand is about, they're going to want to get to know who you are more, you know, maybe they'll look at your social, they'll click through to your website, but uh, never right off the bat, never, ever, ever try and pitch yourself like cold because 90% of the time you're going to fall flat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so let's say you want to get on the today show ultimately, <laughs> why not? Do you try first reaching out to your local news station? Um, and do you have to have, you know, three local things before you could be considered for national? How does that work? Well, I mean, it's more than that. You know, nobody is going to, no producer is going to book you if you don't have a reel or you don't have any experience, you know, for national television. It's more like five to eight segments you need to have. Um, I mean, so I got booked for national. But... What was Fox, right? Um, I don't remember the first one. No, I think like Today's Show was the second thing I ever did. Ne never done local. So Are you serious? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things may be different. That was 15 years ago. 
Yes, it was. And you also, your book was right at the height of, you know, Lindsay Lohan and Britney yeah. Spears, you know, and Paris Hilton. So maybe they were, you know, dying for somebody like you that was young, attractive, you know, kind of live this lifestyle, you know, and can speak to it firsthand yeah. um, without necessarily being, you know, a PhD or an MD and just talking about the clinical side of things. But yeah. I think that you're an outlier. You okay. are definitely an outlier. So, okay. So if you need five to eight local segments, what do you do? Do you reach, I think local, obviously local news likes local stories. It's mm -hmm. harder in a place like LA where they're just like, oh, who cares? Whatever. Um, the bigger cities, it's going to get be harder for your local news to care. Yeah. Yeah. So you are going to have to, I mean, in most chance, you know, in most cases, you're going to have to start hyper local, you know, I mean, I'm in the New York City area, but I have local news 12, you know, it would be very easy for me to book a segment locally, and then get maybe, you know, a half dozen and then be able to build this beautiful reel and then be able to send it to GMA or to the Today Show or whatever, Fox and Friends, Fox Business, whatever it is. Um, but if you do live in New York City, you know, you live in LA, I, I mean, um, good, good day, uh, good morning, Lala. I mean, that that's like a shoe in. I mean, they'll take anybody that has like 20,000 Instagram followers. I've been on that one. I know. <laughs> I don't even know if that show's still around. But yeah, good morning, Lala Land. Or but hey. it's it shows like that. You know, I mean, yeah. who am I? And I've been on Good Day New York like four times, you know, and I'm like a deer in headlights. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. And so um, it is obviously much easier to get booked if you have a publicist. Obviously. Mm -hmm. um, I know Not much. It's really? easier, but not, not. I mean, I think to a certain degree, it makes a difference, but it doesn't make a world of a difference with today's technology and social media, uh, just as long as a founder or, you know, an author knows how to craft a good pitch and what makes them newsworthy, what makes them credible, you know, and how the two are very different. It, you know, it's much easier today than it was, you know, 15 years ago when I started in the industry, when email pitching wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God. We just don't have to be on the phone. God, that was so, <laughs> so frightening. I remember, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I just remember pitching over the phone and just, it was cringing. Um, Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. But but so um, do you think a podcast is the best way for an author to start? If you're talking about there's podcasts, there's online media, I guess there's print media, but should anybody even bother with print media? And then there's TV. Well, I mean, I think that for the credibility factor, you know, the print version of the New York Times is still kind of the holy grail, sure. you know, even though it may not move the needle, you can say, all right, well, you know what, I was featured here. Like, I mean, I still have every single clipping from every print article I was in, in the journal, you know, the New York Times, because there's just something yeah. very, um, 
just alluring and very comforting about that, but it's not going to make a difference in terms of brand building. Uh, Podcasting can absolutely be a huge, huge benefit and like move mountains for a brand, but it has to be the right show. You know, they're what, 5 million podcasts out there and like 90% of them get less than 2000 downloads a month. So you have to do your research and you have to know where to do your research. Like chartable.com is like the best resource for (laughs) researching podcasts, you know, I've ever found. Oh, okay. See, I don't even know that. I will say this very podcast that you're listening to is in the top 1% of podcasts. It does, it gets a ton of downloads compared to the number of downloads the average podcast gets, but the difference between the top 1% and the top 0.5% is massive. Um, but, but so you go to chartable to figure out, does anyone even listen to the show? Do they actually list download numbers? They list download numbers. They doubt, uh, they give you rankings in every category in every country, um, on a week by week basis, they give you, uh, every new review that was submitted. It's actually a really cool resource, you know, before, you know, I had done, years ago, a lot of podcasts that just weren't worth my time because I thought that they looked good. And then a friend of mine, Courtney, told me about Chartable. And I said, oh, this is like the best resource ever. I know very big people who will do any, I think Seth Godin said he'll do any podcast that has over a hundred episodes. And Ben Hardy will do any podcast because I myself will not do any podcast. So I note that and um, I like somehow think I'm too good for it or it's not, I don't enjoy it that much. I'll just say that. And if like, like when you're starting out, shouldn't you do any podcast? So at least you're getting the experience. I mean, yes. I think that especially if you're not comfortable speaking to people in this type of environment, and you don't know what your sound bites are, uh, and you really just need a lot of practice. Absolutely, just even if the podcast has one download, <laughs> you know, a month, I think it's fine. But then, as your brand grows and you evolve, I, I think that you have to be a little bit more uh, cognizant and, and a little bit more strict in what you are willing to do. And for me, you, you know, I mean, my time is so limited you know, with doing all these things and, you know, with the surrogacy and everything, it's just, (laughs) you know, I just, my time is very limited. So I have to make sure that whatever podcast I do do, it's going to align perfectly with one of the companies, you know, with one of my companies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, One of your many companies. Oh, please. (laughs) Um, Now, so, so should you go to Chartable and say, okay, well, I'll do, I'll do five for practice. And then after that, I want a minimum of, and what is that minimum? So obviously that minimum is going to be based on what are, whatever your objectives are. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think five is kind of an arbitrary number. You you know, I, I mean, you, you have to evaluate this on a case by case basis you know, somebody, it might take them 20 podcast interviews to get comfortable speaking to something, you know, speaking to a stranger. It may take somebody like you only one, you know, so the number is kind of arbitrary. It depends on how comfortable you are 
whether you know what your talking points are and then whether you're ready to speak to a larger audience and also if you're willing to do it live. That's a whole different, <laughs> you know, that's a whole different um, scenario. Now, when you talk about talking points, should you, to go on a podcast, should you have talking points prepared? Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to, even though most podcasts are going to be a very open and organic and natural dialogue, you're going to want to at least be able to follow along the conversation. And even if the host doesn't talk, hit on any of your talking points, um, I still think it's better to be prepared than unprepared because I've been unprepared and that sucks. <laughs> you know, like deer in headlights and you know, I, I wouldn't want to wish that on anybody. Um, and so what are some other things? Obviously Harrow, which I'm always preaching about. Um, and I know people who listen have had some, some real success with Harrow. Um, would you recommend that any author subscribes to it? And will you talk a little bit about what it is and how to use it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it can't hurt. There's no cost involved. You just enter your email address and you can sign up for the different types of opportunities that you want to receive. And, you know, there's business, lifestyle, fitness, I mean, high technology, education, international, you name it, it's there. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend that any aspiring new author do sign up uh, just to kind of get a sense of what stories editors and journalists are looking for. Um, Source Bottle is actually a really good, do, do you know what Source Bottle is? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's an international media company. It's based in Australia, but they, the, there are a lot of international editors and editors that are based here in the United States that use it. And it's the same principle, except for emails go out, I think only once a day and it's free. Um, journal request is another one. There are no requests, it's called? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And it's pretty much an aggregation of every, every story that editors are, that are looking for experts that actually pulls the, that information from Twitter. So you don't have to sit there and use the hashtag journal request and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of try and sort through a million different um, queries. And to be clear, what these are, these are journalists who are seeking sources for a story. Yep. And it's everybody from the New York Times to your mom's blog. And oftentimes they don't even want to talk to you. They want you to submit a print ready response and um, they will run it as if it's an, they, a quote they got from an interview. And that's that's really just how it works. Now, you're someone who uses Harrow as a journalist, too. So yes. what are you looking for as somebody who's, you know, reading through people's, you know, inquiries? Two things. One, read what the what my query says and to spell my friggin' name correctly. Don't spell it with it right. an E, <laughs> yeah, it right. spell it with an I. That's it. That's all I asked for. And I think that's what a lot of different media want as well. You know, you paid attention, you can, you can, or you can't comment on whatever they're asking for and give them something that is <laughs> grammatically correct, something that they don't have to rewrite and move on. But there actually are a lot of times that journalists will ask to interview somebody on Skype or 
Zoom like this or on the telephone, you know, I mean, my one client, she's always <laughs> on the phone with Mind Body Green, you know, the New York Times, um, because these journalists want to speak to her instead of, you know, just looking for uh, email quotes. What's what's uh, uh, the frosting with Harrow is you develop a relationship with an editor who then they know you give good quote and then they have you in their you know, database, yeah. database, mm -hmm. and we'll reach out to you without you having to contact them. Mm -hmm. um, I will say personal experience with Hera, which stands for help a reporter out if I, we haven't said that already, is first time out of the gate. I had such good luck. I wrote a guy I got quoted in Fortune magazine. He continued to quote me for years and different things. Then I have tried literally yourmomsblog.com, written epic responses multiple times and never heard back. So, and, and, it, and it gets very frustrating. I just find that Harrow is very hit or miss. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've heard other people who use it say, you, you have to assume the editor did not see your first, your first inquiry. So if you did not hear back, always follow up and don't be pissed. Just, you know, kicking this to the top of your email kind of a, a thing. Mm -hmm. What are some other uh, recommendations that you have when you're looking? What, how are you deciding besides they spell your name right? <laughs> um, you know, obviously the story has to align. The, the pitch has to align with something that I'm working on you know, or something that would be of interest to me, you know, on Fem Founder. But just don't send me something, you know, that you sent to a million different people. And I got to tell you, more often than not, I will get like a form pitch that was sent out to a thousand different media. And when I see that, I'm just, you know, it says, good morning, good afternoon. Hey, Fem Founder, you know, you can tell it was a cut and paste job. I'm just like, no. So you want to be specific. You want to be concise. Um, you know, I mean, I can go on ad nauseum about how to craft a pitch that actually gets somebody's attention. You know, we can talk about that. We can talk about that later. Uh, but the one thing I did want to say in terms of follow-up, like twice, if you haven't heard from an editor, then just move on. You know, you don't want to piss them off by following up a hundred times. You know, I've had people do that and it just, just turns right. me off. Um, so let's, um, I mean, we will, we're going to be wrapping up. So talk about the pitch. What is the best pit way to pitch? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, it depends on what you're going to be pitching first. You know, are you pitching a product? A book. Pitching... Let's say a book. Okay. Or yourself oh, as okay. the author of that book. So the way that you pitch a book is going to be very different than you pitch yourself, right? I would say for, it doesn't make sense to really pitch, hey, write about my book as a thing because Absolutely nobody cares not. about your book. So it should always, every author should be basically pitching right about me. Write about me, or, you, you know, you can write about themes that are in the book that kind of tie into exactly. larger news stories, but you, you know, you want to create a narrative when you're sending a pitch, you want to keep it tight. You want to keep it short. Um, you want to make it interesting. And, you know, you just don't want to fill it with a bunch of hype and just say, write about me, write about me, write about right. me. There has to be some type of value that you're going to provide to make the journalist's job easier. Okay. And, you know, a traditional inverted pyramid press release, it doesn't work unless you're sending something over the wire. It has to be in a narrative format. And what that looks like is, you know, I, I mean, you can 
think about how you would open with your book, you know, you want to actually write it in a format that it's engaging. And, you know, I have a million examples, so I could give those to you if you want to share them. Um, but it, it really is providing value for the journalist, you know, making their life easier and pretty much telling them why they should cover you every over everybody else out there. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, but really it's about the news hook. And, you know, obviously for the last few years, it's been COVID. How does what you do play into that? You know, I did that with Make Your Mr. Memoir, uh, you know, writing about your feelings uh, helps you heal. There was nothing in my book that was about that. And I think mm. that's the really important thing is it doesn't have to be in your book. Your book makes you someone who can talk about this topic that it, and this topic is related to what is going on in the news right now. Exactly. It, you know, uh, definitely for a trend piece, definitely for a roundup article, but it, there are plenty of things that you can pitch that are evergreen too. Um, it, you know, you might have better success with kind of pi piggybacking off what's happening, you know, locally, regionally, or nationally, or even internationally with COVID like you. Um, but th there are plenty of ways that you can, you know, pitch evergreen topics um, if you are in recovery, because that's something that's never going to go out of style. And people are always going to be struggling with alcoholism or heroin addiction or whatever it is. Right. Um, well, okay. So this has been fantastic. Is there any final advice you'd have for a new author, first book, uh, wanting to get media attention? Just, yes. Don't be afraid pitching any editor, any story. They're people too. You know, for instance, let me just give you an example. Tomorrow and I actually were talking about this last week. One of my clients got featured in a case study at Cornell University, one of my beauty clients. And I was like terrified to reach out to the professors to see if that, you know, I can do a lecture or something, or, you know, at least have my client do a virtual lecture. I sat down, I was having dinner with my husband and he's like, they're just people. It's the same principle. They're just people. Talk to them, give them something interesting, make their lives easier, make their jobs easier, and you're going to be able to start a relationship with them. Yeah, I think that's a, a excellent advice. They need you. So rather than looking at it as, oh, they're going to do me a favor, it's like, how can I give that? They're overworked and underpaid. So Paid, how can yeah. I give them something that's going to make their job easier that week? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, if people want to reach you, how can they do that? Mm, I, I mean, oh yeah, markay.com, markay dot company. Yeah. I, I just recently changed the URL. So markay.company and that's it. <laughs> I was thinking, does it have a .co or a .com? No, it's just dot .company. Yeah. It has like 16 domains. We don't need to get into that. No, no, no. It's, it's just markay. That's, yeah, that's, that's my, the, the main one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being here and thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy, where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and please... Don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. 
Another forget-me-not, my company, Legacy Launchpad Publishing, is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.